Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast, where industry leaders share their insights. It's typically five questions in less than nine minutes because hackers never sleep. So let's get to it. I'm honored to have an Air Force alumni on the podcast today. So question number one, Rob, who are you and what do you do? Hi, uh, yeah, my name is Rob Wheeler. I did serve in the Air Force for about six years, many, many moons ago. So I am a chief technology officer for um, uh, 30 friends, and I'm also a CTO partner for VNC Tech Group. And I sit on the board of a couple of other startups that I'm, that I'm happily helping out to get them to scale. Overachiever with all the extra roles. Well, I got to keep myself busy, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> Question number two, what's the best thing about being a CTO? You know, the fun part about being a CTO is you're consistently challenged, right? And so I, I've been criticized for this before, or, or, or in fact, I just had an argument. I, I wouldn't say an argument, but more of a, a fruitful discussion with somebody where they said, no, 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 CTOs don't code anymore. I'm like, well, not the CTOs that I know. So I think it's important, you know, that, that CTOs are um, hands-on and, and when you're hands-on, you're, you, you become a better leader because it allows you to communicate more with your team. And I really enjoy doing that as opposed to, you know, sitting there, you know, telling people what to do. I like being in the weeds and being hands-on and that way you truly understand what's going on and it makes you a better leader. And that's the fun part. Right. So I feel like that's something that you and I both learned from the military is, you know, dig in, get your hands dirty, but, you know, can lead by example. Well, listen, the one thing I learned about the military is that, but in addition to there's no way you're going to do this job or this mission, whatever it is, by yourself, right? And so if you don't collaborate and communicate, two of the manifestos of, uh, of being in, in my part of the military anyway, you, you're going to find yourself, you know, wearing a shirt and a tie and doing something else. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> As a CTO who focuses on building software, what is yeah. your top concern? My top concern is that, you know, I follow a, a pretty strict, I wouldn't say strict, but it's a guideline methodology, which is agile. And agile is, you know, a combination of, an, an, it's sort of like this umbrella for a number of different processes that happen. You know, those are sprints and iterations and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, communication is one of the things that I have seen in the past several years seems to be my number one thing where, you know, people from, from the business to the tech side and those in between, they just don't communicate as effectively as they should. And so there really is no synchronous communication, which means whatever you're doing stands a very high degree um, of failure, right? And so if you've got back-end guys that aren't talking to front-end guys and vice versa, and then you're not communicating with, um, with, with you know, the business side of thing, who really are the people that drive what you're building. It doesn't matter where you are. As I, as I said, even in the military, the communication part has always been my, my sort of go-to issue. And I always want to make sure that that's solved. But, you know, there are, there are certain scenarios that you have, just have no control over. But that's, that's advice that I would strongly make sure that any CIO or CTO, anybody in sort of any technical leadership understands because otherwise you don't build anything that's good. So when you talk about communication, I mean, I understand, you know, we're having a communication here, you can have communication in person, but when you're talking about the agile communication, do you guys prefer a specific tool? Do you like, a, a, have you built your own solution that allows your team to manage that process, that methodology? Yeah, a lot of the methodologies are, are you know, manual in scope. In other words, there aren't tools that can 
that can bring people together and have a Zoom meeting, right? And, that, and that's something that we do. So those are methodologies that are designed to help improve um, you know, the way that you build software. Because if you, if you look at um, Agile, really what it's all about, it's about collaboration, but it's about change and being able to manage change. And there's this thing that I always like to see, uh, and I read it you know, every once in a while when I come across it, I, I always smile because it says, you may be practicing Agile, but that doesn't mean you're being Agile, right? And a lot of people will, I, I've seen them, you know, uh, will have a scrum call and they think, okay, we talked for 15 minutes and that's that, now we're Agile, right? Well, that, that isn't really what it's all about at all. So, um, you know, it's, it's really a, a framework and a best practice, right? And that's really what it's all about. The tools that go along with it are personal preferences, right? So, you know, my tool stack when it comes to practicing Agile is, you know, Slack for communications, Jira, Confluence, you know, for ticketing and, 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 and documentation management and, and things like that. And, and now being in COVID world, it's, you know, Zoom meetings. So, you know, those things are, uh, are very important. Those are your baseline, baseline methodologies and baseline guidelines because that's what Agile is for improving and making it happen really. Nice. Question number four-ish, what piece of insight do you want to share with other CTOs? Again, it just, you know, I, I, it really comes back to um, that communication thing. I, I've stressed this for so many years and I see so many CTOs and friends of mine who just, who, who don't do it or, or they bring on, you know, a, a VP of technology to report to you and then he or she goes off and handles all that stuff. And I, I see that so often. And, and I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's the right way to do it. I think you really need to be, you know, the devil's in the details. And, and if I can say anything, you know, keep yourself abreast of all the technologies, keep yourself hands-on. I code every day, right? But it's for learning purposes and understanding and being able to communicate. When, when, when you get to a point where you're, Slack, you're on Slack, for example, and a developer says, He's got a technical issue that he's not sure how to solve. Um, you need to be ready to step up to the plate and, and help them solve it or, or find a way to solve it. But, you know, it, far be it for the guy who's sitting back in his office or in his house and he's, he's not coding every day or not getting involved in the, the technical procedures because it will be to your demise, in my opinion. No, I think that's a totally fair assessment I have two final questions for you. Uh, the first one is, what's your favorite programming language today, but what, what was it previously? Well, again, I'm going to go back to the things that are going to date me. So <laughs> I will mention some languages that probably many, some people who are listening to this might not have heard of. But um, I, I started out actually in, 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 in classical terms, what would be considered to be a scripting language today, but it was... Uh, DBase, and then I moved into something called Clipper, and and those were all interpretive, but they were sort of self-contained. Like DBase, which was really interesting, um, has its own database called DBase, right? And then Microsoft bought bought it, and then I think that that became Fox. Fox Pro was originally um, is now a Microsoft product. So I, I was I actually built my very first company in in a Fox using a Fox Pro um, language that I built the software in. So, um, uh, so, so I have moved my way up into, um, I was classic ASP for quite some time. I, I started to work my way into other ASP products. 
and then I then I, uh, I I heard about this open source stuff. So I really started to get into PHP, and then I have abandoned PHP for um, Python and the Django framework. So I, I I like to stick in that area, and I keep myself I keep myself pretty busy and pretty dirty, always trying to experiment and learn about what I can um, how I can become a little better at Python. So nice. All right, the final final question: What's your <laughs> favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? <laughs> Jeez, I'm really gonna be ashamed of how they're gonna <laughs> figure out my age. The old clunky phones, right? The original cell phones that had beep, 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 you know, with the antennas that are twice the size of our regular phones today. So yeah, I always thought that thing was neat because it made you feel cool. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, geez, I don't even remember when that was early nineties or late nineties or something like that, but um, maybe even before that. But uh, yeah, that was, that, that was something that was, you know, I got to tell you though, if, I don't know if you want to consider technology, but I think I'm starting to see a pattern where the old record players are starting to come back. I have one myself. Um, it happens to have Bluetooth, but it's still nonetheless a record player. <laughs> That's still but technology. But I love that technology. I, I wish we could go back to that because it's, it's, it's retro, but it's more of, you know, reminiscing. It's really neat. Yeah. Rob, you did it. More than five questions. It was epic <laughs> having you on. Make sure you guys check out further insights from the Cyber Pro Podcast. Today, it was the Cyber CTO Podcast. So my name is Rick. Stay awesome. Thanks again, Rob. Thanks. Appreciate it. It was wonderful.